0: morning. I'm Ken Sagendorf.
1: And I'm Edgar Papke, and welcome to True Alignment, uh, where our conversation focuses on alignment in all our paths and walks of life as the great predictors to success in our work, in our families, in our relationships, and including the relationship with ourselves. So welcome all, and uh, as always, we're coming to you live from the Innovation Center at Anderson College of Business and Computing at Regis University. And all your questions, thoughts, comments, anything at all, of course, is always welcome as we're broadcasting to you live. We've got a great hour ahead of us here in terms of what I would suggest is going to be a very thoughtful and insightful conversation. Joining us today is my good friend Tim Story. Tim is just an amazing human being. He's an an author. He's a worldwide speaker, and he's uh, conducted workshops and and spoken in over 75 countries, and his primary role is as a life coach, uh, very often to what we would consider, quote-unquote, the celebrities of the world. Uh, Most of his work centers on his clients in in Hollywood and in L.A. Um, Among other things, he also has has a clubhouse uh, podcast that that he uh, delivers, and uh, engages people in that I was had the pleasure of being on a few weeks or so ago. And um, he, he's worked with uh, numerous people. He's also been highlighted on Oprah's channel in, in an hour-long segment where he was featured with Oprah. And so, uh, welcome, Tim.
2: Good to see you guys. You guys are looking handsome today. I don't know how you were yesterday. But
1: today, you guys look good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I did manifest a little shaving this morning, which has uh, been a while, to tell you the truth. Yeah. So, uh, Tim, the last time you and I, because you have such a, uh, what I would call a very busy schedule, by the way, uh, you look great. Um, as And so, thank, thank you, you for doing that as well. <laughs> so, last time we spoke, you were sitting in a, in a hotel room and just about ready to go on and do a speech out in the... Out in London. so Yeah, so uh, what have you been up to since then?
2: Well, you know, it's an interesting thing for a speaker. Uh, I've been speaking since I was 20 years of age. So that is uh, 41 years to give away my age. And, you know, as a speaker, I was out there almost every week of my life Mm -hmm. for that many years. Yeah. And um, when the pandemic hit, wow guys all of a sudden my assistants were saying you know that place canceled and this place canceled and that place canceled so gentlemen there was 34 cancellations that took place in like a nine month period wow and so I was like okay this is throwing me off so what I did is I had to pivot Mm -hmm. and I went to this thing called the internet and it was amazing how I started coaching more companies, new doors started opening right. and I kind of found my way. So when I was in London, I was back to a live crowd and that's exciting to get back to the right. energy and the synergy of live. I like live.
1: Yeah. The, uh, just you, you can't substitute that energy, can you? Uh, similar experience for me as well. Uh, I was running at a pace of, I I think you probably had your butt on planes a lot. I was running at well over 150,000 miles a year on airplanes going everywhere. Yeah, the same. And literally just about every week for some speaking or or workshop or corporate presentation. And then all of a sudden, quiet. And just uh, really, what I did find is uh, a great period of reflection occurred. I don't know. Did you go through that as well?
2: Of course, and because, you know, you're a, an artist, both of you guys, um, in talking to other artists who are singers or composers, mm-hmm. or uh, I life coach uh, the last guy who played the Phantom on the Phantom of the Opera, uh, James Barber. And even, you know, guys getting their plays shut down, that was difficult for them. Because yeah. they were used to performing night after night after night. So I would say that even though we found new things to do, it was hard not to be on on stage. But I think that in that time that I had to really dig deep, and I will tell you, I discovered some new sides of my gifting and also who I am. Mm-hmm. And so it it has turned out to be a very powerful thing that I turned it into what I call a library of learning and a sanctuary of getting deeper. Uh,
0: And really Edgar, we know we we started the podcast talking about the great resignation or the great alignment as we, as we call it. And, and Tim, those were the themes that people were in search of something, finding something out about themselves and then saying, "I, I, there's something I want that I'm not getting right now here. And I'm either going on a journey or, or I'm going to try something new.
2: In- yes, yes. And, and you know, as as you guys know, in life, some things you decide and some things you discover. And because I life coach people, uh, I think you both appreciate this. I, I I got to have amazing talks with people like Jack Lemon, who is really a real friend, Walter Matthau. Tony Curtis and I used to go to dinner once a month. And when I would talk to them about their careers, it was not based on a decision. It was based on a discovery. Yeah, And I think that we were so caught up in just deciding, 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 deciding that, you know, the pandemic made me have to discover a new way.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. In light of that too, in terms of that idea that I think at the end of the day, most of our decisions are based on the discoveries. I, I, yeah. though I think we, our tendency is perhaps to feel that we have more control over it than that. But the reality, for, uh, for the most part, is we go through a discovery phase or moment, and then we make decisions based on that. And most of our decision-making, especially when it comes to alignment, is to be able to reflect and to have that deeper thought. So Tim's got a uh, few out there in, in the audience. Tim's got a great uh, newer book out. Uh, called The Miracle Mentality, which, by the way, has lots of great, great pieces in it, so much so that speaks to personal, per, in a way, personal alignment in who you are. And I think you call it the, the magical work, uh, that that idea. Yeah. There's a piece in your book that goes into that aspect of um, really looking at, and in a way, and this is where the alignment piece comes in, is this, the resetting of priorities, can you can you expand on that?
2: Yes, so the the miracle mentality I literally started writing that um, uh, about three years before it came out.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: you guys know the process and wow, I, I discovered a lot of things. I love I love this song by Stevie Wonder if it's magic, then why can't it be everlasting? And I think that magic can be everlasting. So I started studying children. And I, I started this research on children, how they like to play. Like they'll wake up in the morning and can I play? Like play with my toys. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, you have to eat first. Okay, but then can I play? Yeah, but then you have to go to school. But then can I play? Yeah, but then you have to clean your room. But then can I play? Homework. And I found that a lot of uh, us as adults, we lost those playful moments. Because our life got caught up in what I call the mundane, the messy, and the madness. So I talk about how to master the mundane, how to work through the messy, and how to get rid of the madness to make room for the magic again. So really, Edgar, it's kind of like your message on alignment. So, you know, prior to really getting to know you, uh, I've learned so much from your books and from your lectures that really, what I'm saying in this book, Miracle Mentality, is align yourself with your magical self. Yeah.
0: You know that's fantastic, uh, Tim. I've had a privilege uh, to go on silent retreats, week-long silent retreats, and um, during the pandemic, I had a spiritual director for for nine months. And you know, those are just—they are those are the magic times. That that ability to do that discovery, to to really intently do that the the pandemic uh all of the the race tensions you talk about the um the madness there's seemingly more madness of late so when you're when you're working with those you coach when you're talking with people um what's that message about how to manage that madness um, and put it in a place where you can get back to the magic
2: I think that in discussing life with so many people, I just was talking to a friend of mine from, uh, from Ukraine this morning, a very bright lady, and you you have Russia right at the border of Ukraine uh, possibly going to go in, which creates a war. You have a pandemic in which people are feeling like they're not getting really clear answers. So out. In the world, there's a lot of madness. There's a lot of chaos. There's a lot of movement. But um, as you know, mindset is mind to set. So I think that that's the key. So your, your mindset is mind to set. So I choose to set my mind on a certain station every day. And um, there's an entertainer that we all know. He says, it's as though Tim has cool jazz music playing in his head at all times. So even though there's chaos all around me, I choose to set my mind. I I have a mindset. I have a miracle mentality in the midst of all the moving parts.
1: That's a significant shift that somebody can make in their experience of life or, you know, just day, day in and day out events. Um at a practical level we always talk about mindset uh, from the standpoint of the actual experience that you create so in other words as you as you tune into your station and you've got the jazz flowing in your head that actually shifts your interpretation of the experiences that you're undergoing through the course of the day and that's
2: a that's a beautiful way of saying it and it's uh to me it's more than uh, background music uh-huh. it it, it It has become my uh, existence. So, where I I say in the book that the the miracle mentality can become your reality. And, you know, because we're looking at what's going on in, you know, 2022. But, you know, for those of of us that remember the 60s, we had the Vietnam War, we had uh, President Kennedy assassinated, we had so many things that were going on even in the 60s and the 70s. So these are perilous times now and difficult times, but difficulty has been around since human beings have been on the planet.
1: Yeah, very much so. A driver of all innovation, right? So there, yeah. there's a there's a couple of uh, there's a couple of uh, thoughts I have about as you share this. One is uh, you mentioned um, the uh, Russian troops at the border of Ukraine, and you know that kind of madness that's all around us. One of the things, this idea of of looking at having, having a ma- magical mentality, wh- where do you see that then, uh, or what effect can we have as individuals on, on the broader social context? And I know that this is probably a, a rather lengthy answer that we could get around this, and that's okay yeah. too because we've got time. The thing about it is what is our then capability to have social effect
2: I think, I think one of the, the first things that we need to do is, is be educated. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's easy to give, uh, quick answers without understanding the complications that maybe a person's going through. So l- let's say if, if my friend's wife, I, I have a friend of mine, his wife is working through cancer. So I do not give him quick answers or quick remedies. I will say to my friend, how are you feeling? Uh, how is that challenging your life? And so I, I want to understand. So I want to I want to become educated on how my friend is feeling. So I think the education side is so important, and then the the idea of of empathy I think is so important. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll never forget this. There was a great writer named Irving Stone, and his wife Jean Stone. They wrote a book together on the life of Michelangelo. And I met Jean on an airplane, and she says, "Tim, in the midst of all your positivity, don't forget everybody you meet is coping with something." And so I try to get educated, and I also want to be empathetic. I think that helps.
1: Yeah, I'll agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, there's a uh... In our lives, um, so my wife has a very rare neurological disease. And it, and uh, it's interesting that if I, and I used to be much more hesitant to talk about it than I do now. Now it's rather, the more the world knows, the better uh, kind of approach yeah. to it. And it's, it's interesting how um, at the outset, one of the hesitancies I had about sharing it was because everyone was so quick to give advice. You know, here's yeah. all here's all the things you ought to be doing. And at times, um, as I would listen, I would also in the back of my mind be saying, really? Because you don't know really what we're going through. You don't know what this sure. experience is like. So I think that aspect of it is so important, which, by the way, is the other thought that I had, which is when you think about mindset and you think about creating an experience in your own life around the rhythms of life that you want to have and and how it is that you move through a day, how much of an impact that has on your your own emotion and your ability then to engage others from a place of empathy, a place of understanding?
2: Yeah, so because I um uh, know so much about your work and learning more and more and even going through your alignment book with uh, eight people that I'm coaching are now reading your alignment book, just so you know. Thank you. I find that, you know, many times we have this, like, this purpose and this plan, and we think it's going to go in this straight line. And then when it doesn't, you know, we just don't know what to do. And so I think the beautiful thing about life is that grace fills in the gaps. And there are things that happen to our lives that I call life interruptions. And it could be, your wife's illness. It could be my father passing when I was 10 years of age. Mm-hmm. He just simply went to go get my mother food at a restaurant, he called the restaurant, was going through a green light at seven o'clock at night. It was it was dark at that time, because it was January 31st, uh, many years back. Goes through a green light, a man runs a red light and, and changes my family's dynamic for the rest of our lives. Because my mother had only a sixth grade education, She's Spanish. Uh, her name is vesentita Gonzalez, so I'm of mixed heritage. And she didn't even have her license, you guys. And her, her husband was taken that fast on, her way to, on his way to get food. And so that life interruption created such a problem that we, we didn't know what to do. And so we were trying to find alignment, but at that point did not have the tools.
0: Yeah. So Tim, as you bring that up, I, you know, just, I got a little chill there. My father also passed away on January 31st. Um, wow. 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 Uh, the, um, you know, you, you talk about these kind of great interruptions and, you know, this is one thing that Edgar always gives to me as, is just a, 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 true gift is, um, and, and why I think we're fast friends. Cause it's such a learning opportunity every time I am with him, but the, the, the ability to take in, to listen, to to hear, to see those things, um, when those interruptions are coming, if you can still hang on to that part, to still let other to um, discover, to let the discovery happen, um, to let it wash over you. It seems to me that that's one of the that's one of the hardest parts. We're spending a lot of time, I think, societally pushing out instead of letting in. Um, Agreed. you know, Edgar and I, we just, you know, we, we worked with a client last week and, uh, you know, Edgar was teasing me cause uh, it was virtual this time around. And for the last two and a half hours, uh, on the second day, um, you know, I was just, uh, smiling as we just listened. I mean, it really was, we had given them an activity and we did, had no idea it was going to, uh, be as successful as it was, but we just got to, to listen and, and take in, um, you know the things that they were sharing with one another. So it seems to me that I
2: I like, I like what you're saying. And I think that, you know, it's so tempting to just try to push everything away as, as though it's not happening or try to distract ourselves or move on too quickly. But here's an interesting one. Um, You know, I'm from Los Angeles, so I'm on these freeways quite a bit and Several months ago, something happened to me. This all literally took place in a 30-day period. I'm on the freeway one time, and I saw a, a pebble came. It came off the back of a truck, and it hit the top of my car, which I was fortunate, so it didn't break my windshield or at least do that little effect it does. So that was the first one. Promise you. Four days later, I'm driving down a different freeway, And out of nowhere comes a tire. So a tire (laughs) came off a car and was bounding down the freeway. So first a pebble, then a tire. Okay. So I've been driving for a while. So I was able to look left, look right, and get away from the tire. And then the third one that happened all within (laughs) three days is a guy was moving and I was watching. I said, He's got too much in the back of that truck. I'm going to try to change lanes. And just as I did, his bed came off the back of the truck. So in life, sometimes a pebble comes at you, a tire, and a
1: bed. Those pebbles, yeah. (laughs) The most significant events in life are those that are unforeseen, right? Yeah, Uh, idea. By the way, we have something in common there. Um, I had a paralyzed arm for a couple of years because a 20-pound construction jack fell off the back of a, a construction stake truck, and uh, like, a, like a cannonball, it's, I was driving 70 miles an hour on the freeway in, outside of Indianapolis, and this 20-pound hydraulic jack came through my windshield and hit my arm. And, oh,
2: my goodness.
1: And this is interesting. It's interesting to share this story with you, because I think you'll have a perspective on this.
2: Yes.
1: And, and the power of thought and uh, that kind of magical thinking approach to things is that um, what I did, I lost complete use of my arm All muscle nerve. Everything was gone. It was just a numb limb. Um, I'd hit myself on something. I wouldn't even know it, Uh, burn myself, wouldn't even know it. And, uh, and it took a while. It took quite a while. I didn't think it was ever going to come back. So I was adjusting to life in that realm and talk about a period of discovery of learning to do everything with my left hand is, is just, and being a guitarist, a uh, musician, part-time, and, and, uh, and a chef, not being able to use my chef's knife. And I learned how to do uh, things uh, with my other of, hand.
2: Of course. And, Edgar, I think that that's where so many people, when life interruptions hit them at a, at a high degree, mm-hmm. uh, and it could be a car accident or a, an accident like this, where now they find themselves in a setback. And I think that their understanding of alignment many times is wrong, where they say, how do I get back to almost that perfect feeling? And I think Mm -hmm. we're all maturing enough to, to realize that life will never be perfect. I will always have something that's undone in my life. And I've come to grips with, I'm okay with that. I have two children and it's rare that both of them are flowing at the same time. <laughs>
1: I have four so and five grandkids. I know exactly where you're coming from.
2: Yeah. I mean, sometimes even when they were little now, now they're like uh, 30 and 32, but when they were little kids, mm-hmm. I'd plan things at Disneyland and, you know, go with the family. I'm like, okay, this is perfect. Uh, the boys, two years older than the girl, they're going to get along. And I mean, there they go going at it. But even to this day, I'll plan things, right? Like really nice things. <laughs> and maybe one's not in the right mood. I'm like, oh God. Yeah. <laughs>
1: thought I had this one all worked out. Uh, not exactly. quite.
0: Uh-huh. I have two teenagers, so I have this in perfect- spades.
2: This idea of perfection and alignment, I think, is... Um, something that a lot of people need to realize that just because you get aligned, doesn't mean everything becomes perfect again. You
1: no, know, And I think that part of that is that, that alignment is a journey, not a destination like so many aspects of our lives are. I think there's also another part of this that you just tapped into that I think is important. And you know, this conversation about the new normal and normalcy and going yes. back, this idea of that post pandemic things are going to be the way they were the reality of life is that it actually doesn't work that way and nor does alignment alignment is the ongoing discovery of what the next facet or the next elements of alignment in my life are and to be open to that it's less about trying to go back and 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 use what i've already this is this is about the invention of life this is about the exploration ahead of us not just what we we learn from the past to apply to the future when it comes to 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 thinking that, about that alignment. that
2: is so good and i think i think that sometimes um we're hooked on a feeling of what it was like when we were kids chasing after the ice cream truck or or flying a Cap kite or looking at a girl as a teenager and feeling the fluttery feeling so you guys will both enjoy this i was at a rolling stones concert not so long ago and it's amazing that Mick Jagger can still maneuver that stage like he does.
1: <laughs> yeah, what does he what I noticed,
2: <laughs> Yeah, I noticed that the crowd was really predominantly 60 years and older. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I was loving what I saw because it, it's like time had stopped. And hit after hit was just taking people back to, quote, unquote, the good old days. So, Edgar, why do you think that was happening in that moment? Why, why were they feeling some type of alignment to the good old days?
1: Well, uh, I, think, uh, I think we go back to and wanting to rediscover happiness, joy. And, and those yeah. are joyful, happy moments. And we, we want to relive those or at least relive, relive them at the emotional level it may not be the same or our legs might get tired, you know, th- two thirds through the, through the yeah. concert from standing and dancing the whole time. Yeah. I think it's, uh,
0: they're attached
2: about, to something. Yeah. Right?
1: It's about joy and happiness and emotional connection to what, to what we love. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like
2: what you just said that they're attached to something. Tell, tell us a little more about what you just said. Well, I was just that.
0: thinking, you know, I love, um, I love being in the car with the radio on, um, because there are just songs. There are songs that immediately bring me back to a place, yeah. a smell, a relationship. Um, you know, I just uh, as we're having this conversation, you know, I know um, when I was young, I had a car that had a removable sunroof, and I thought that was just the most awesome thing. And, uh, of and, course. And we would go, we would cross state lines to visit a friend that was doing a summer job, and and uh, it was this back country road. You could turn the headlights off, so just the parking lights were on. So you could just see the amber and the stars through the moonroof, and the music. Like I know the exact song, and the sing along with my best friend. Um, I just remember that feeling so perfectly because of that song, because of that music. Yeah. It takes me right back there. And I, you know, I think that's that's you know one of the power of all of the arts is to bring you back. And
2: that is uh that is the magic and that's part of the book the miracle mentality is in dealing with the mundane, the messy and the madness we can make room for for miracle and magical moments. And guys, just so you know this every morning and I did it this morning, I listen to Motown. Mm-hmm. Every morning, you guys, 7 days a week. Because Motown is a sound that I was raised on. So I was born in Compton, California, seven people in a two bedroom apartment. But at least we had we had the vinyl and we had that Motown music playing and it it, it made us feel good. So every day of my life, I promise you, every day I listen to Motown. It triggers me into a good place. So
1: I'm going to go a little bit further with this and you can even use this morning's example. As you're listening, as you're listening and you say triggers, uh, here's the trigger. What, what, what are you thinking about when that happens?
2: I'm thinking about little Timmy from Compton (laughs) and I'm thinking about the, the, the kid from Compton, lower income family. And yet, we found ways to have joy. Like we were lower income, but really didn't know it. Yeah. And so, so then, cause I know guys what I got to face. I know I have to face uh, life coaching, a lot of really good people, but also a lot of good people in tough situations. Right. Mm-hmm. Or like tomorrow I'm going on a plane to New York, which I'm excited to go to New York, but I'm not excited about the process of, having to go through the airport and everything. So it, it, it takes me back to a place of innocence. It really does. When I hear the, the early songs of, of Smokey Robinson and Stevie Wonder and Diana Ross and the Supremes, I mean, I'm there. I'm back to little Timmy from Compton. A lot of innocence.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, that innocence, what is that then further in you? What does that give you?
2: That's a, that's a, that's a great question. And for me, what it does, it, it's kind of my central station. Because mm-hmm. uh, I've traveled a lot through Europe, like you gentlemen probably have as well. But when I'm in Sweden, uh, I've been to Sweden 68 times, traveling and speaking since I was 20. And the key was to get to T-Centralen in Stockholm. Because from that place, I knew exactly where to go, so the the music triggers me to the innocence, which is really like the core of really who uh-huh. Tim's story is. So the fact that I became this or that or this or that, or popular or this or popular or that, when I'm, when I'm listening to that music, it takes me back to that that innocence where everything is possible.
1: so in your in your coaching work. I'm going to make a yeah. bit of an assumption here that you speak to that and finding that core, that essence in the clients, uh, the people that you work with as a coach. What are some yeah. uh, What are some approaches to that that um, that folks out there might be interested in knowing how to tap into that? Yours is you are listening to Motown every morning. That takes you back to the core, that innocence, which then, uh, knowing you the in the way that I do. That sets the stage for discovery, for exploration, for newness to see things in a new and different way day after day um, yes. what are some other what are some other ideas or uh, approaches to this that might be helpful?
2: You know, yeah, one of the things is that uh, because he's talked about it himself i, I mention it uh, from time to time but I you know I work with Robert Downey jr first time I uh, met him was nineteen ninety nine he was struggling. And so the the process of the way I talked to Robert to turn a setback to a comeback, we never saw that he would be Iron Man and, you know, become like one of the greatest actors of our time. But it's simply this approach. Number one, you have to wake up. Secondly, you have to take inventory and real inventory. Like when you were hit, Edgar, in your arm, you had to take real uh, inventory and say something just shifted in my life. Yeah, so number him. one, yeah, you awake. Secondly, you take inventory. Number three, you have to partner with the right people. So mm. this is what's so important that a lot of people miss. I'm looking for people that understand the plight that I am going through. And I think most people don't do that. They isolate themselves. They try to figure it out on themselves by themselves. I do not. I want to wake up. I want to take inventory. I want to partner with the right people.
0: We, uh, Tim, you know, we have a running joke here on the podcast because I have a, a movie reference we bring in <laughs> every week and I usually call it a poor movie reference, but this time I'm bringing out a, a good Jim's movie over reference. here,
1: pumping his arms saying I've been waiting for this. Here comes some poor movie reference. All right. Uh, well, am We're I ready?
0: Um, <laughs> you know, my wife and I, this weekend, we watched one night in Miami and uh I don't have you yeah. seen it, Edgar?
1: No, I haven't.
0: You you, you yeah. need to watch it. Um right. I mean, so it's a story of Jim Brown, oh, Sam yeah. Cook, Malcolm X and uh Muhammad Ali um spending one night after Muhammad Ali then Cassius Clay becomes champion. Right. And they, and it's a discovery. The whole the whole movie is the four of them looking for somebody who understands their plight. And and you know, Regina King was masterful in putting that movie together to have those four, you know what I think uh Outside, you would think of as distinctly different uh, kinds of conversations, right? Jim Brown is trying to figure out if he really wants to be in football. Malcolm X is trying to change um, everything. Um, Sam Cook is trying to be a phenomenal business person. And, And the challenge they all gave to one another in that night was this idea of, let's figure out where our plights match.
2: Yes. I will tell you, I like you even more now. <laughs> I, I consider I consider Regina King a friend, and to know for you to know that she did that movie, and you're 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 so right. For all those people in different times in their life, right, to then come together, and for this time of discovery was something beautiful. But but that's one of the things that I love about life is that we sit here live on this podcast right now, but you never know what beautiful thing can happen even before this stays up. It's so easy to think about the negative, like what negative thing could happen. But what, what beautiful thing could happen? Like, for instance, I was at a restaurant by myself yesterday. I just taped something. And so I was, I was tired, so I didn't really want a friend. So on my way from taping something, I went to this restaurant and discovered this brilliant man. He, uh, late 70s, retired, and he was sitting there, and he had his iPhone, and he was listening to George Benson. <laughs> and I love music. So I said, I said, I mean, what a great song. And he goes, all right, then tell me who it is. <laughs> said, That's George Benson. And he goes, you really know George Benson? I said, not, not personally, but I like his music. And I went on how I learned. But we ended up, guys, I ended up having an hour and a half conversation with this man who, who did very, very well in, in real estate. And now he says he feels like this loneliness in his life. Like, now what? I've accomplished all this. Now what? It was it was a, it was a beautiful time that I did not order from life's menu. It just happened.
0: Yeah, you know, I think um, I have such a mental image right now, and I I can't pick up on the on the movie reference here, but you know, I think allowing that to happen, Tim, is you know like a um, standing on the platform watching the train go by. And then it slows down just long enough for you to get a glimpse in one window of, of, of a clear silhouette of a person looking back. Yeah. Right. I mean, that idea of, of, of allowing that, you know, we, we talk often, we're here at a university that's a Jesuit university. And I don't know if you know anything about the Jesuit spirituality, but, you know, I often talk I do. about, I do. you know, St. Ignatius' uh, journey um, to find consolation and desolation was really him, you know, 30 days in a cave trying to get that train to slow down long enough to see that still image. And I, you know I think that's that's the gift that's the gift of that spirituality is that message of how do we slow down long enough to let it in to see it for what it is instead of trying to see it for what we want it to be? Um, and and welcoming I I, that
2: so, I so agree And if we go down spirituality for a second, anybody that God used in a significant way, they always went to a desert experience. So there was a desert experience that either he sent them to or their bad decisions took them to. Right. So you, you, you take Moses, he, he kills a guy, ends up in the desert working for his father-in-law, okay? But, but Jesus constant, constantly went to a solitary place to pray. And so to me, that is the holy ground to get us ready for what I call the battleground. And I think many times life is that battleground and we need those holy ground experiences, but not short ones. Some, sometimes you need to saturate yourself in that holy ground to, to really find your proper place and get into alignment.
1: And I think that's a really interesting piece because in this world where gratification is intended to happen as quickly as it does, a a true learning experience and, the and, and the realm of discovery. Uh, Yeah. Wouldn't it be great if we could just put on a Ted talk and and get it? That's not, that's not really how it works is what I hear you saying. And by the way, I'll agree with that.
2: And one of the things guys is that for me, because I think that outwardly I look like, Oh, he's moving so quickly and, um, he lives this exciting life because of the type of people I get to be around. But I'm, I'm, I'm actually more quiet than a lot of people realize. And I like to be by myself more than people realize. So uh, a young guy the other day, I was in Salt Lake City speaking at a conference, and he said, Tim Story, I'm a big fan. What's next? I go, well, right now, I'm just more into what's now. I'm talking to you. Hello. You seem happy. I see on your name tag, your name is Eric. Hi, Eric. And truly, I live this way. Uh I'm thankful for opportunities, but I'm I'm in the I'm in the moment. Is this there, this is living. This is living. This is living.
0: Tim, is there you know, you talk about all all of the things and considering what's next and we talked about kind of slowing down that image you you brought the reference for the for the desert experience, you know, as we we're talking about yeah. Motown, I I grew up in a Motown house too. Um, I the image that comes to my mind so quickly is my father trying to hit uh Smokey's high notes, honestly. Um I can just picture yeah. him in whether it was in the car, on the couch, um, I can just I can hear him in my father's, you know, six foot four, three hundred pounds. <laughs> Air of a man. So every time he would go for those high notes, you know, I just but it was, it, there was something singular about it. You talk about being in the now with Eric. You know, there was yes. a time when the only thought that was in my head at that moment was wow, my father can hit that note. Like there was nothing else, right? It was so
2: I, I, I think that is so, so powerful and Edgar's getting to know me well enough that when I when I mention an entertainer, just that's what I've been doing since I was 25 years of age, working with entertainers. But Smokey is literally one of my best friends in the world. Uh, we spent a lot of time together, and uh, he's endorsed my last two books. Uh, when we opened a church, I opened up a church that has like a team of pastors. Uh, it's not a bad deal to have your grand opening and Smokey Robinson performs for you. (laughs) 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 Pretty special. (laughs) (laughs) It's
1: it's alignment.
2: (laughs) It's alignment. So let me just tell you a cool thing that Smokey said to me. He said that Barry Gordy said to him, "Uh, I want you to go listen to what Marvin Gaye's doing in the other studio. And, and, The idea is I want you, Marvin, and Stevie to spend more time with each other. You need to challenge each other on what is really a hit. Because remember, if you see the old uh, house that they were in, it said "Hitville, USA. Mm -hmm. And so Barry said, I don't want to just say, be the one that says if it's a hit or not. I want you guys to challenge each other as a collective, to see what's a hit, because I don't want anything coming out of this house that we all don't think is a hit. I mean, that is so powerful. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. and Smokey said, "I would tell Marvin, and he gets so bothered. I say, Marvin, <laughs> it's beautiful, but it's not a hit." <laughs> <laughs> I
0: love it.
1: Well, and, and I think there's. Uh, well, there's a lot of thoughts just went went flying through my head around that. One is, of course, uh just in any set of relationships alignment on what what outcomes and what it is we're trying to do together and how we how we help one another, you know, create mm-hmm. success and to be able to do that. And there's also the aspect of it, uh, where there's a genuine um a desire for for openness, for um for intimacy. For vulnerability, not just the the vulnerability of speaking openly and honestly about what I think see and feel, and uh, you know, including when a hit is a hit and when it's not, it's not. Uh, also, the idea of being able to hear it, per your example, yes. you know, Marvin, it, it's uh, can I can I listen with vulnerability? Can I go to that depth, which is just
2: I, I, I like that, and I like how you use the word uh, vulnerability. Like for me, I I am playing way above my head every day of my life. So, you know, because a lot of my family members, they didn't even graduate high school. So uh, I'm playing so far ahead that I need help uh, to talk to people and to say, what is this experience? Like, What what is happening to me right now? They just offered me all this money to do this. Why do you think they did? Well, Tim, because you're talented in this area, but it still throws me off. And and uh, even <laughs> some of my talks with you, Edgar, I feel like you've really helped me in this idea of alignment and even with working with companies because you've been doing that longer than me. And I've looked to you as a mentor in many ways in, in some of those things. But I am not um, in any way... Ashamed to say that this new lifestyle that I get to live many times, which is that magical or that miracle mentality lifestyle, sometimes I don't even know what it is it, it It's bigger than what I imagined
1: yeah there's more, there's a lot of that too uh, because you're so um you strike me as being so always in all my conversations with you, just very, very centered, humble, without having too much of an expectation of what's next, being present and in the now. And then yeah. your success, there's even a part in your book that speaks to that, which is the idea of, you know, what is it that we're really chasing? What, is that, what does that look like? And then the idea yeah. that you're living above you know, your, your own expectation with, with a kind of a element of, of surprise,
2: Oh, I- it, it really, it really is a, a element of surprise. I'll give you an example. I was, I was on Cannon Drive in Beverly Hills, eating breakfast with Videl Sassoon, and we were just talking as real friends, and we, we knew each other for like twenty two years before he passed. And it just hit me, because people kept coming by and saying, "I don't want to bother you, to Vidal Sassoon." but I'm such a big fan. It was like, you know, seeing somebody they didn't expect to see. Yeah. And it just hit me, guys, one morning, like, this is so interesting, this life that I'm now living where Vidal was saying, he's, Vidal said this to me. He says, you're my hero. I look to you as my hero. Tim, you're a hero. Look at Look at what you've been through. In, in life and in difficulty but you did something about it and now you share and, and and to hear these kind of things and I remember Charlton Heston used to call my house and when he first started calling it was in the days of the answering machine and he would call himself Chuck like <laughs> Chuck Heston and I promise you with the voice of Moses this is a true story he'd him it's Chuck, Chuck. I got a Bible question. Do me a favor. Call me ASAP. Chuck. I'm like it's, it's Moses. Well, you know, Timastic
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, story. <laughs> Tim, right <riding in.
1: laughs> Either that or he's cruising around on a chariot, right?
0: <laughs> you know, it 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 seems to me, Tim, that there's um that that self talk that you have about you know, uh, swimming over your head every day. You know, yeah, it's, there's so much that we are. Um, there's a there's a feeling that so many of us have that we're bound by something, right? I mean, I appreciate the you know the story of growing up in Compton and in all of those people in a two bedroom house, and it took me uh, in, in my one of my midlife crises um, was a reclamation of uh, my blue collar roots. Um, yeah. Some pride in that part um, because it wasn't, um, it, you know, it wasn't something you bragged about, right? I had friends that affectionately called me blue collar, right? But I'd be the first oh, person yeah. they called when they needed to move a piano. Um, <laughs> you know, but, but there's something about the idea that um, you have a station and, and you feel like you belong in that station and And what yeah. I'm hearing from you is a little bit of it's okay to be surprised. it's okay to take that in and and be surprised and and if you listen to the Vidal Sassoons of the world that tell you and here's what you're actually doing um you know that's that's your station right there's so Beautiful. much so much work that we do i right? you know when we talk about Uh, you know, I help a lot of people start businesses. And when we talk about um, the value that they create, the hardest part for a new business owner to accept is that the value of your product or service is determined by somebody that's not you. Yeah. Um, And so your station is made externally, not internally.
2: Yeah. I love what you're saying. I I, I, I love what you're saying. And I love this conversation. And, you know, I think I think for so many people that are listening and watching, um, you know, life has given them life interruptions. And the way I've said it in another book that I wrote is that sometimes life will serve you up things that you feel like you never ordered from Life's Diner, right? You know, nobody orders up. I think I'll get arthritis. <laughs> <laughs> And, and so now it's it's about truly, like, becoming awake, taking inventory, and then finding the right partners. But, you know, to be open to find the right partners, I, I find, takes the degree of humility. And sometimes to say to your friends, uh, I don't know. I don't know what that means. I, I don't understand that concept. You know, there's a lot of new words that are going around in the world today of of crypto and Bitcoin and Dow and what is a fiat and uh, the, the metaverse. And I think a lot of people are afraid to to almost ask, but, but, but don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to ask for direction.
1: Yeah. I think that's a big piece of this. Um, By the way, I just want to mention again, the the miracle mentality, because that, you, you've got so many really, really good pieces in that book. I, it's just a wonderful um, I, I'm going to suggest a self-expression of who you are shows up in your, in your writing. And so when I think about so having much. well, thank you, yeah, and then I, th- I start thinking about that that piece of hero and self, and how do we find the heroes in life? And this is, I think, something that you probably do. Uh, And I'm not sure what your level of awareness of it is. I think in the end, our heroes are those that help us overcome our own fears. In other words, there's a fear that I have and I seek and I look for, at times, permission. At other times, a solution to a problem. At other times, I just need a role model of someone who, who can take me to a place of understanding that I have not been before. And I think that's a a powerful way to, to look at the work. And I think what spurred that idea in my mind was what I thought was when you spoke to the idea of humility, because really humility is, uh, is letting, is letting go of fear, isn't it? It's much like
2: yeah, it really is. And, and being okay with not being okay. Yeah. And that re- realizing that as hard as one work, um, on your diet, your mental health, your family, there will always be something that's undone. Mm -hmm. Like I I remember a friend of mine not so long ago, uh, he found out what he called a secret of one of his children that his uh, 16-year-old was smoking marijuana pot uh, at his friend's house all the time. And, I mean, this was like the, the biggest thing. And he said, I had such great plans for him
1: (laughs) they may have gotten better
2: (laughs) exactly i go he's 16 he's exploring he goes he is going off the path oh yeah that guy needed to get realistic (laughs)
0: well that that humility of 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 trying new, you know, I, it's interesting, Edgar, I have uh, my youngest daughter is applying for colleges and, you know, the college essays are. Uh,
1: and you're sure she wants to go to college?
0: Well, I'm not positive she okay. wants to go to college. But, you, you know, these questions of, you know, if there's anybody you would like to spend uh, a day with in your life, who would you pick? Right. I mean, and you have to, you're you're bound to pick a parent or a superstar. Yeah. Right. As opposed to, I want to pick somebody I just met and found a connection, and Edgar and I share the story when, when we first met uh, one another. It was just this, you know, three hours of Uber connection right away. And it was yeah. just, you know, somebody, somebody would say something, and you'd take it in, and you'd say yes, and, and, and you'd keep adding to this, and um, that connection was, was instant. Uh, between the two of us, and that's why we became friends. But
1: I thought it was that we both like good beer.
0: Well, that too <laughs> that helps. Um, but you know, this idea of trying new things on and being able to have that that energy, right? I mean, life is it is an experiment. It is a design process. It's not done ever.
2: It, 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 and it's a bu- it's a beautiful one, and that's what what's so awesome to see someone in their late 80s or in their 90s, like I get to uh, experience, I think I experience more people than the average person because of what I do for a living, of life coaching and going into homes, etc. And to see some people that I know that are in their 90s and they still have joy mm-hmm. and they still have peace and they still have amazing, funny stories to tell and they, have, they still have hope for the future, that, that, that to me is, is just is just beautiful. Like my mother's going to be 91 on March 1st. And I said to her last week, you guys, and she's in strong health. I said, mom, on a scale of one to 10, how good do you think your life is? 10 be nice. She says, at least a solid nine. And I said, what makes it nine to 10? She said, I really loved your dad. So, wow, she didn't talk about the death of different people in our family are all the pain she went through raising five kids by herself. makes sense at 90 Mm -hmm. years of age, almost 91. She's still saying I'm at a nine. I mean, that's touching.
0: Yeah. I, uh, I got the privilege yesterday of, we have a really tight neighborhood where I live, Tim, and we have, I, I call them uh, our parents of the neighborhood, and they are 91 and 86. And, and they, both, um, uh, they both lost their first spouses and, and, and remarried, and they are just an amazing, amazing couple. But I was uh, getting in the car to go to the grocery store yesterday, and, uh, and, and Teresa called, and she said, you know, we have some light fixtures in the kitchen. Can you come help with this? And I said, well, open the door. Here I come. And I crossed the street and and into the house and, you know, that's, that was uh, an unplanned hour and a half, um, to change four light bulbs, um, and move the fixture around. That was the best part of my day yesterday was spending time, right. I mean, and it was the, uh, the conversation, John's a retired Lutheran minister and, um, just, just they are so full of joy i mean it is amazing and so i appreciate that story about your mom
2: yeah and guys life is good right edgar
1: yes <laughs> sure is i i think that uh and you can the arc of this conversation is great because we started with just a general conversation about your life and alignment and, and your work and and uh um and then here's this arc and when you think then about uh, the idea of just how aligned are we in our lives and what is the definition of success. And at the end of the day, it's always winds up being happiness, joy, and love. Doesn't it yeah. we wind up? being, Truly. Regardless of our work, our endeavors at the end of the day, take everything else and peel it away. And there we, there we have it. Just who we really are at the core as human beings. Yeah. So Tim, um, any any thoughts before we say goodbye, and uh, f- for now at least, uh, as we end this podcast, any thoughts, anything you'd like to add to the conversation?
2: I would like to just say thank you both. I mean, what a great conversation. And um, I love what you guys are doing and, and even teaming together to do this. And I just encourage everybody that is listening and watching to um, not get down on yourself. I I often say this you you may not be what you want to be but thank God you you're not what you used to be and so you know we've all come a long way and think think more about the the journey that you've had and some of the uh victories that you have rather than constantly looking at what you're not so you 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 may not be what you want to be but thank God you're not what you used to
1: be thank you that's great so if you're out there as you're out there listening um I would strongly uh, suggest and recommend to you that you uh look at Tim Story's work his his uh, his books including the most recent Miracle Mentality and uh yeah I I can't uh nothing more than wholeheartedly express my gratitude to you for joining us here for the last hour for this conversation you're you're uh you're you're quite you're quite the human being, and it's such a pleasure to have you as a friend and and uh, have you have you join us here this morning. Thank you.
0: Yes, Tim. I thank you so it. much. I you.
1: Okay. Well, I'm Edgar Papke. I'm Ken Sagendorf, and that's Tim Story. <laughs> and uh, thank you very much for joining us today for True Alignment. We'll see you next time around. Thank you.